Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode five of As for the Best of Us. We're back into it, and this is uh, the first set of rounds of uh, of the the top thirty two teams. Yeah, we're I in, guess or songs, what, if you yeah, will. Absolutely. A red team up here, and they're not teams <laughs> at all. I mean, if your team as the world burns, mm-hmm. then that's what you go for. But I could be Team Toby. <laughs> you could be Team Toby. Oh, Toby. All right. So we've got uh, just diving right into it. This is where we're going to pick up our quote unquote seated songs. Yes. Uh, the songs that kind of made it, bumped it right up into it. So we've got um, a couple of songs that you guys haven't heard us talk about yet uh, that we'll have into this. Uh, in this round, we're going to talk a little bit more probably uh, about how these songs came about, um, the writing process, if we can remember it, um, and that jazz. But we'll uh, we'll kind of give you some more insight into it and uh fight these songs head to head there's it's gonna get tough it's gonna get real good Mm -hmm. uh first up in uh round 21 uh we're gonna be adding in a song that uh we hadn't previously talked about uh it's the song that i personally always connect um the entire as as for the rest of us band to this is Mm -hmm. the epitome of that to me is as the world burns Versus Toby Took. terrifying tale of toby took and his two left legs we shorten yes. it a lot of times when we talk about it it's a mouthful um so yeah these you said so you said that as the world burns was not the first song we wrote i do not believe and that was always my thought process so some of my uh some of my notes were a little off on this uh but this is our this is the first song we release in the new 52 yes, have, yes. or the 52 not the new mm-hmm. 52 we're not dc comics um in the 52, this is harmonica shows up right mm-hmm. away. Uh, double vocals right away. Um, obviously, this was all kind of... We pre-recorded, I think, in what, November, December, a good handful of these songs kind of just getting ready for I think for we it. got to the Give point to where we recorded, I think, like seven or eight of that them leading right. into I, it I, to I kind of that, give yeah. us a little bit because we didn't start getting caught up in panicky until closer toward this area of yeah, like uh like days and quarter. two steps and stuff like that yeah, yeah. um and w- so you said we we started as for the rest of us mm-hmm. um this was you said a band 
as the band. We started in the fall of... 2013. 13? Mm-hmm. No. No, fall of 12. Okay, fall of 12, but we Because played, we had a yeah, whole year of us like yeah. writing together before mm-hmm. we kicked off Once this. we actually started doing it, we had the song, some of the songs pre-recorded in that fall of 2013, but... Yes, we started in, the band. In like late 2012. Yeah, that's how Because great. I remember practicing, we had... I think I want to say like 13 or 14 songs finished mm-hmm. before we even decided we was going to take up this as an endeavor, which we knew like that we were kind of basically like, we have like a set that we could play if we wanted to play out yeah. know, kind of a thing. And instead which, we're like, when we, we, we didn't, we didn't have everything of the 52 finished. I don't think whenever we played like some of like the wineries or anything like that, did we? No, I was trying to think of what all. So like, cause what played, shows what did show we, we have? played out at, uh, we had an in, open mic out at, um, how many, did we only play two shows? I think we played three. Played the open mic out at uh, the since closed uh, winery mm-hmm. on 13. I can't remember. Yeah. Or on 51. Um, had an H name, if I remember right. Is it? No, I might be wrong. It's closed. So. But it, I don't remember the name of it. Um, and then we had the Invisible Pain Organization show yeah. that we did. Um, what else did we do? I thought we had one more. I don't remember it. I don't know. Um, the I only have pictures from two shows. I'll, okay. just, I'll yeah. say that. Um, and then we, we had those, I know that the IPO show was while we were in the middle of this, like it was yes, in for 14, sure. uh, cause we it were, was, I can't remember when that was, if that was fall or if that was spring, it was towards later on in the year. Okay, I think I know it was sure. fall then. Cause I think, it wasn't in October. I think it might've been like maybe September or something to that effect, because right. I think in October of that year was whenever IPO did the zombie dodgeball thing oh, I see. in Vienna. And I know for a fact that, that was in October. Okay. So if this was in fall, it would have had to have been before, before that sometime. That. I think, so and it wasn't. It wasn't like winter. It wasn't cold out. We weren't no. finishing. I think that. Uh, I think we had probably just released uh, "Time Stand Still," or it was pretty close. Okay. I remember that being right around that same time frame. Um, when we started, we were playing. Uh, we had covers. We had some covers that we mm-hmm. played, and then we had our handful of songs. Uh, this one being one of those handful. Uh, I remember like "Sex and Candy" was one of our big covers mm-hmm. that we were working on. Uh, Stop on Marty Dead was big during that yep. time. Um, not big like for everybody else, but for us, it was it was a yes. fun song to play. I think that album came out in like 2012 as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know how this has anything to do with As the World Burns, but um, <laughs> looping back around to it, uh, I remember specifically being proud of this song because I think this was our first Pirates of the Caribbean reference. Is there was the <laughs> the Take What You Can, Give Nothing Back was a uh, an a, a exchange like a between Jack yeah. Sparrow and uh, Barbosa. Mm-hmm. Like he was like, "Take what you can." He's like, "Give nothing back." Like kind of, a, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that was the whole like thought process behind it before anything else started. That was, I think, honestly, mentioning all of the influences and the things that we were kind of listening to at the time, though, is actually very important. You know, I mean, you're talking yeah. about like Dead Boy and the Elephant Man and. Mm-hmm. And, and other artists of the time and and what we were kind of into is kind of what kind of drove us to specific genres and the way that yeah. it kind of panned out the, i mean like this point in time was probably whenever i started learning you were like i've been listening to a lot of dwight yoakam i've always liked him but yeah. like now i'm like i'm going to shows yeah, and hardcore, stuff like yeah. that and this kind of what like really spurred you to have more of an and that kind of a, an aesthetic or that kind of influence, influence like that kind yeah. of country influence. And then we have like city and color. We were listening to that came yeah. and gave us that kind of a Mumford sons was getting flare. real big. Yes. The Lumineers were getting real big. So we had more of those kind of influences kind of really starting to seep more. So into all of our lives, yeah. you know, especially for me, for Mumford and sons, that first Mumford and sons album, absolutely fucking killed yeah. it. I loved it to death. Um, 
but that kind of you know all bled into us kind of being like this is this is the culmination of of every bit of our interests, and mm-hmm. that's kind of what kind of it's it's very important to kind of discuss that. And I know we have to a certain extent, but I feel like this round it, it plays a little bit Absolutely. more relevance that kind of there, to there it. for sure. Um, with as the world burns, I remember the the coming up with the chords, the basic like G to E back to G, and kind of like the stair stepping and how we were going to do that. I don't remember when we decided to bring harmonica in. If that was something, was I already playing harmonica at that point in time? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Cause when we were playing it and you would practice it, you had already had the, the I was strap already and everything strap, too. Okay. Yeah. I already had started playing with that. Your side chin strap. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You already had that on. And, uh, this, yeah, I, as far as I'm concerned, like I said, both of these, and, and we've talked about Toby before because we yeah. talked about it in the last round and everything. Do you too. remember how Toby came about? Like, what was was there? You had already had. Was uh, there a structure already? Kind you of. You already had most of a structure there. I only helped pick to part the. Uh, how we built it? No, I, I mean not even built it. Oh. Like you had most of that there. I helped you come up with the whistle part. Like to have like mm-hmm. a little bit of a, a shift in a between in there, uh, yeah. that course in there, and then I helped come up with the and who even cares and then that kind of all the best part because it's like it doesn't matter who you get fucked by as long as you come like was essentially that whole back end of that song (laughs) basically but i said this song is like we kind of said this is like our quintessential like punk song there's others that are like it but nothing quite like this yes. exactly and yeah. it is as classic as as the world burns is to me yeah but if i'm picking between the two i would have to go with as the world burns just simply for the fact that this like you said this is the quintessence the, the show is called as for the best of us it's as for the rest of us as the world burns. yeah it almost has kind of like a so much of a play it kind of off together. of each other and and this song is like the culmination of everything we yeah. used it uh, we had it was like one of the only ones that had its own unique album, album cover, art kind yeah, of we a were, thing. We, we were going to do for one pictures. for every one of them. But. Yeah, and this is the only one that made it kind <laughs> of a thing. Um, I forgot about that. And 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 I, I think it just kind of was always lived on as like this is this is the first of everything. This is how it starts. Yeah. This is I think this that's end. where I thought it was the first song because that was like you're right. It's it's the how everything begins. Yeah, in a, in a way. And it was one of the first songs you had me listen to that you were playing that we played out, but or mm-hmm. not played out, but play, you played for yeah, me. Yeah, started to practice. But I think like the first ones that we actually did were something like Scream. "Until I Scream." Yeah. Um. What was the other one? I can't even remember. Now. <laughs> oh, feels so right. Feels yeah. so right was right up there with until I scream. Like those were some of the first couple. That's crazy. My mind works in like the way that we released them and less in the way that we actually played them. <laughs> <laughs> like I've let history kind of rewrite it for me. Again, I like, just remember being in that child's bedroom. <laughs> yeah, and and just uh, sitting in a corner near some toys and and playing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we're we're passing through as the world burns. As the world burns, beating out Toby that. took. It's a hard felt. Uh, to knock out. Yeah. But it has to be done. It has to happen. All right. All right. Round 22. Mm. So we get uh, Speak Easy. Spank Easy.
versus past falling apart. This uh, is another toughie. Who? This one's rougher, more rough. Not rougher. I understand that I have no grammar sometimes. Um, it, this one's more difficult than the previous uh, for me. They are very, very close. Yeah. As far, not not like written wise, but I mean, I'm just talking just as far as feel. like feel and how much yeah. I enjoy them and how much I like both of them. It's very, very close. I uh, I I can't. I don't think I can say anything more about Speakeasy than we did before in that. Uh, I enjoy the speed of it. Mm-hmm. I enjoy the uh, the way the the chords hit, the the drum parts, how everything ties together is just so um, fast and and not and like and fast is the wrong word because it makes it sound dumb, but it's just so um, complete. And I, I like the way the verses roll. I don't love the the vocal delivery. I think is the one that I would make it lose points on. More. Right. I'm going to be my worst critic on vocal delivery always. Uh, but Speakeasy has uh, has some some not as great vocal delivery on it. So yes, Speakeasy, I've got a I've got a lot of feelings towards it um, vocally or uh, lyrical content. I really like uh, what it's about, um, and and I think it's got a, a pretty good thing. What's what's your thoughts on on Speakeasy for this round? For this Knowing round, that you're going against past falling apart with it. Yeah, it, like I said, it's really hard for me though because I love both of them very much. I think vocal or not vocally, like lyrically, I think I do like "Past Falling Apart" still just a smidge more yeah. than I like "Speakeasy." Um, and then both of them, to me, are written like I said, just right about the same. If if I was picking between the two right now, I think I'm leaning a little bit closer toward past just because, and that's like I said, it's hard for me to say just because like I said, as far as it goes, I think speakeasy is another one of those quintessential songs. It's never not been in a list of songs for us to be like, Hey, play, yeah, listen this to this around. kind of a thing. Yeah. And I think past falling apart was not in every single one. Like no. if we gave like demos and stuff like that, yeah. but at the same time, after going back and re-listening, I think I just have a little bit more of an, uh, of a fondness for it. I think. Okay. I, uh, I'm I'm gonna have to disagree. You're going I, with Speakeasy. I'm Speakeasy. I I like the build up on it. I, I like the parts of it. Um, I think we're gonna have to bring in our uh, our resident super fan. Yes, resident super fan Amanda Harris. Because she lives here. She's with the resident. It's funny. <laughs> Get it? It's a joke. All right. So we've got our resident super fan Mandy Harris with us. <laughs> Uh, we we're at a tie between past falling apart mm-hmm. and speakeasy to advance to the next round. Um, what you thinking, girl? Past pulled me in immediately. Past pulled you in. Yep. All right. Uh, all right. Well, there's no debating the super fan. <laughs> there's no debating the resident super fan. Not, that's the I'm- that's you weren't in here earlier. That is the. That is the running gag. You're the resident super fan because you live here. You're oh, a resident. Cool. Yeah, super I like fan. it. Yeah. I like it a lot. <laughs> um, well, you 
we just to make sure everyone knows, even though you are married to one of the players, uh, you didn't know who picked what, correct? This is correct. We right. discussed this earlier. We did not want me to be biased That's, in any yes, way. Exactly. Yes. Even though we also discussed that I'm not biased in yes. any way because I, I don't have to have this. But it's opinion. okay because you picked the song that I want. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there congratulations, you, babe. I agreed with you. <laughs> We're gonna uh, so just to make sure everyone knows, on round twenty-two, past falling apart, we'll be moving forward to the next yes. round, going against as the world burns. Which uh, I don't, I don't know if it'll make it past that one, but Ooh. we'll see what happens. If I'm the tiebreaker, it won't. <laughs> <laughs> That's like one of my favorite songs. <laughs> okay, that works for me. So for round 23, we have It Eats the Clouds, which is a newcomer to this. This is something Ooh. that advanced right to the second uh, grouping. Going against Promised Land. Jesus Christ. You never see yourself as everyone around you do. Cause your eyes choose to catastrophe chosen by your own curiosity. This is uh, <laughs> probably a rough one as well. And yeah, I'm, I feel like we're going to say that almost every single time. So buckle up. I, uh, I, <laughs> it eats the clouds is uh, a top one for us, for me. Yeah. On general, uh, first appearance of the tambourine, I think. Yes. Uh, in, in everything. Um, it's a song that I don't play this out live, but after kind of getting reengaged in these songs, uh, this one and speakeasy were two that I was like, I really want to learn, relearn how to play these songs and play them more because I, I dig these songs a lot. Um, it eats the clouds. Uh, your vocal parts uh, on the chorus are are uh, something that always stuck with me. Uh, the way that you bend the notes and made choices in the tails because like I kept pretty solid throughout them. Yeah, and you did the the acrobatic work in there a little bit. Um, I know that when I've just goofed around playing these in the past by myself, I end up viewing your parts because I like those parts better yeah. uh, on that. I, well, I, thanks. This is uh, an overall uh, a really solid song um, and would highly recommend it to anyone. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Listen to all of them. <laughs> we uh, work real hard. <laughs> we worked real hard on these like six years ago. Um, thoughts on any of these clouds? Uh, it's always been one of my favorites. I love the, the, the drum intro that kind of has that almost, uh, 
I don't know how to describe it. it. It's like whenever we would come out during high school because we were the Indians and we had the it has that kind of almost feel yeah, to it. That's true. <laughs> and it has a little bit of the the march kind yeah, of Yeah, a little bit kind of to it. And then it blasts straight forth just to as pure of an alt rock song that you could possibly get, yeah. in in my opinion. Um like everything it. about it's really good. I love yeah. your vocals in the in the verses. And like you said, I, I really I really love the chorus a lot that makes uh, that makes the song pretty much what it is. Mm-hmm. I think anyways, I, I really do enjoy doing the uh, the extra high harmonies and then kind of having those low tones after that high harmony is done and then having almost that weird, dark Alice in Chains harmony that you get like that. Yeah, kind of, yeah. You know, kind of having that kind yeah, of yeah. It's a minor, kind of a minor it. harmony, yeah, a little bit in there. And I like having the blend between the two, having such like a high harmony that's there, that's almost very major, and then you have also the complete polar opposite mm-hmm. directly afterwards, where it's that dark minor chord, yeah, kind of to it. Yeah. The whole song itself is just in general interludes dark cool. I like interludes very cool. It's got a a little bit of a, what we would probably hear or pull from a metal vibe. I think on the drums with the kind of like like it's got like a just mm-hmm. that like kind of uh, I don't know in somewhere in the it hits on the end on the up note um, on there on I think a lot time. of drumming wise this whole thing was very influ- this whole song and it was very influential to me to play something that was very reminiscent of that of like Incubus like playing mm-hmm. Jose's yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. the kind of styles yeah. mixed in with it a little bit and that's kind of where I was feeling the drums on this kind of this song in particular I don't ever uh, remember why we decided to name it and like you said before most of the songs were probably named by me uh, it eats the clouds when three out of the three choruses all primarily featured the line beneath the clouds mm-hmm. and we only use it eats the clouds like the twice end, and it's I on think, the ending it? yeah, the very yeah. End. yeah uh it's when that third chorus we kind of reword some of the things but beneath the clouds is still more prim- primarily featured um, i think it's all like this is a very it doesn't it might not be but it very seem seems very steeped in a really rich story like it has like a cool mythos almost like yeah. a very cautionary tale in a sense but it almost kind of makes me think of like you're saying beneath the clouds like there's some kind of like somebody flying in a plane or inside of like a almost like skies of arcadia in a way okay. like the airships kind mm-hmm. of a thing and maybe you have like this weird like giant creature that you see below the clouds and then it eats the clouds as it's coming up and you're just kind of have the tail end of the song is the cusp of them like yeah. getting ready to come into this confrontation with this giant yeah. being or something that's a good point i don't know like i said it just has like that kind of a vibey to it there's <laughs> a there's a, a kind of a lore vibe going for that like this is the thing that eats the clouds it's yeah. the cloud eater is like this thing that you should fear um in there and uh it's it's got all kinds of Man, weird like you're the neil gaiman of, of songwriting <laughs> <laughs> it's got some real weird like stuff kind of hanging out within it between like this creature that I always imagined kind of looked like the cloud version of the rock creatures in Neverending Story. Mm-hmm. Or um, the cloud version of the cloud rhino from James and the Giant Peach. Oh, I forgot about the cloud rhino. <laughs> <laughs> the rhino. Uh, yeah. And, uh, or the storm or whatever I was, it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I, I imagined that that was kind of lived within it. And there's also like weird kind of nods towards maybe some like government conspiracy within in there that I can remember kind of writing about mm-hmm. like um, burying it like it doesn't exist kind of a yeah. thing but you're just like it does exist you just like, have to believe the truth lies yeah. and stuff like that yeah 
Yeah, there's a, it's it's a weird uh, lyrically. It's a weird song. It's not mm-hmm. one that is right on the nose, straightforward. A lot of interpretation into it. And we already kind of talked about Promised Land a little bit again. Yeah. You know, kind of harkening back on that very first episode, uh, first time that I really kind of drove forward mm-hmm. into lyric or into into vocals as far as just like straight up. It's just me by myself for a yeah. bit. Um, I remember the ooze were hard to count and that like the ooze were hard to count it, because we went was uh, it three two and it was one? three two and one every single time we would hit the the interlude that would be like a pre or a pre verse rather yeah that would uh, like you start off the song we had three and then it would go into two and then one and so it just kind of died down and uh, but yeah I mean I, I've that was probably one of the more memorable recording vocal recording experiences for me because I wanted to make sure that it was like nailed but yeah. it took quite a bit I remember trying to do yeah. the lyrics and stuff and wanting to get it right because I was trying to get the grit into it kind yeah. of a thing and then my voice would want to like almost crack like I'm back in high school kind of a thing or whatever <laughs> Just straining it a bit more yeah. than you're used yeah. to and yeah and then got, got back into it whenever really kind of yeah. did it a few times and got got it pretty decent yeah there's some there's some memorable lines in that for sure Absolutely. Uh, where we stand on this, we got Promised Land versus Eat. It eats the clouds. What are you thinking? I I think clouds passes through. Um, just overall, I think it's a classic. Uh, as for the rest of a song, I'm going to have to agree. Who good? <laughs> I was nervous that we were going to have back to back tiebreakers. <laughs> and then we've got round twenty four, and the last of this episode is. Sleeping Giants. All of this is destroyed. Makes so much more than sense. This is only a dream. And I don't know when it's going to end. This is only Versus the new hell in a handbasket, the newcomer. Jesus. I think this is going to end up being a no-brainer, but let's 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 kind of talk about it a bit. Let's analyze it a little bit. So we got Sleeping Giants, right? We got our dreamy, sleepy song mm-hmm. that we re- really do like, and uh, picking between the two, between Sleeping Giants and Earthlings, I think was to me, anyways, a little bit of a no-brainer. I think easy. I always like yeah. that a little bit. Um, this to me is not really a tough decision at yeah. all. It's a, a flip side, a little bit on there. I mean, yeah. you got Sleeping Giants with this kind of. Uh, lore of uh, just kind of it's a dream this is only a dream this is only counting sheep Um, you're kind of living in this dreamland where you're seeing things (laughs) to me if I remember right the way that this was written was of the idea that within a dream you go through a lot of decisions and you're worried about those decisions and you're trying to figure out whether you should do this thing or this thing it feels real it feels like there's consequences Mm -hmm. to it 
Um, and then at You're a certain point, to make yourself remember that it's only just it's, a dream. It's only a dream. And that it doesn't really matter. Which sometimes takes a lot to do if you're in a dream yeah. to try and make yourself subconsciously in your subconscious think that, oh, yeah, I am just dreaming, yeah, right? Exactly. So yeah. that's really a what very kind of, nightmare on Elm Street of you. <laughs> <laughs> that's really all that that song tries to communicate. And then you have a song like Hell in a Handbasket. Is, this is this is up there with As the World Burns to me, honestly. This is like a quintessential to me. I love yeah everything about hell and it's it's got a really immediate go-to for me if i'm gonna listen to anything in a playlist this is one of those it's got a really cool uh i I started to i'm I'm sure that you also picked up some techniques in the way that you approach drums and this and specifically when i started writing the guitar parts for as for the rest of us songs um i learned a lot about especially on the dobro really leaning on the simple parts like yeah one finger on one string one note and letting everything just kind of either get muted and you would hear like either the mute of the string or you would hear like maybe i had my finger over and you hear the like kind of part of it or yeah. kind of thing or you would let it open it would just kind of be this kind of weird kind of ugly but made sense kind of vibe to it yeah and this is one of those songs that I really leaned into it on mm-hmm. early on. Yes, the intro is absolutely killer, and it's very. It automatically just tells you like, buckle up because you're in for like a weird dark tale yeah. in a way. Absolutely, and it's dark all tale. just a very. It, it's like very like V from Vendetta is like kind of how I really? can see it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. gentlemen speak for the ladies, comb their hair to the side. It's yeah. like everybody has to play. Just right, yep. and like you're listening to everything that the higher up authorities are saying and mm-hmm. shit like that. And it's almost kind of like at points in the times you're kind of just like you need you need V to hop right in and just say fuck the man kind of a it thing. Is, absolutely, yeah. I, it kind of is the whole thing is like there's the idea that we're we're building there's there's a world where everything's just perfect on the surface mm-hmm. and we're ignoring everything that's happening underneath it but really the whole town's falling apart yes uh on there uh i remember specifically i made a note of uh the lyrics uh the chorus the this old town's going uh, straight to hell in a handbasket mm-hmm. uh was pulled from a history teacher i had in high school who uh somebody in in the class told an inappropriate joke um, I can't even remember what the joke was about. It may have been anti-Semitic, if I remember okay. right. And uh, that seems on par for our classes. Yes. Um, <laughs> and the history teacher got so pissed off, um, and he was a, a God-fearing man uh, that was very light-spoken the entire time. And he got angry and said, "This whole uh, class is going to hell in a handbasket." And I like latched onto that. Like, yeah. And and turned it into something, but that was the origin of that was very much in the reaction to that. I was like, I don't even and know not if that ever... you like you were uh, you had a vision of the year twenty twenty <laughs> from six years in the past, like in the past, like you had a vision of just how like wow everything is just absolute garbage. Yeah, no the fucking Backstreet Boys reunion <laughs> tours here in full effect. We're we're prepping up for the fucking second wave of the tour. The reunion tours coming back again. <laughs> uh, there's. Uh, you know the way that we treat other human beings is not great at this point in time mm-hmm. we have a commander-in-chief that's not the best yeah <laughs> um and then another line that always stuck out to me on this was uh the we just left him alone uh in the second Let's verse go ahead and write this down 
the the <laughs> the other the, there's a line that says we just left him alone in there yes that is a direct quote from someone uh who was really close to lane staley when he committed suicide mm-hmm. um that that pulls that was something they had said they're like we just left him alone and to kind of do his thing and he ended up killing himself drug yes. overdose and everything um so the whole the self-incrimination will come with the outcome or the the self-incrimination uh something about the outcome autopsy yeah. will yeah. come with the autopsy so like you'll know what this person did to themselves when the autopsy comes in yeah you'll know what happened to them. again very uh, backstreet boys reunion yeah, tour of you you'll you'll know that this person overdosed like mm-hmm. because you don't even have to question it the autopsy will tell the truth we just left him alone. That was our fault. Like we made that mistake. Mm-hmm. And there, so there's a lot of that ties into it. This also is a song that gets a lot of uh, the hodgepodge from the lyric folder, like the um, the bathtub promotions. Yes, and media paranoia were just like lines that I had written. I liked the way that they sounded. I don't know what a bathtub promotion doesn't matter. Is. It made for really good. <laughs> it made for really good uh, lines vocally in in that verse and stuff mm-hmm. like that that harmony that we were able to yeah. hit there is and these are all like harmonies that are crazy memorable to me because yeah. these are some of the first that we would record yeah you know as far as like harmonies together True. go um in general anyways and they just it, it's a sign of these just keep getting better as they go yeah. along kind of a thing and this was like one of those things because i was really trying to reach into that bounds of trying to um going high on my harmonies but the harmonies were always in that minor key and the whole song yeah. is very reminiscent of like an Alice in Chains yeah. type of effect to it and whatnot so it's that very I never even put acid, acid like slash yeah. grunge almost yeah. genre with a fucking dobro and a dude who has a kick that's a suitcase <laughs> I, I think the, the choice is obvious that hell in a handbag is going to yeah. have to go forward. I, I agree with that. So next time we get back to uh, to the Sweet 16, we will have As the World Burns going against uh, Past Falling Apart and It Eats the Clouds against Hell in a Handbasket. It's going to just get fucking rough it's gonna get as time goes Rougher on. and rougher. I dig it. Until next time. Thank you.